Good morning and welcome to Let's Talk. Thank you for joining us for this half hour. Now, let's talk. And good morning and welcome to it. Tracy Morgan, of course, in with you. Just about 11.15 and it's that time of day that we talk to fantastic professionals, not only about issues that are important to you, but their businesses as well. And today we're going to be issue focused because we're going to be talking about bereavement. Now, these, this is bereavement services with Concordia Lutheran Ministries. And of course we say Concordia because there are multiple locations and I know we get into that all the time, but our day is with Concordia. And uh, we're gonna be talking about how bereavement is different right now, the services that can be offered, and there's also going to be an event for youth. And so we're gonna focus in on that as well. So usually I say here now is Frank Script, but we have multiple guests. So I wanna introduce Frank Script, of course, Communications Director with Concordia Lutheran Ministries. Hi, Frank. Hi, how Tracy. Are you? Good, how and are you? Ronnie Lucas is returning to the program. And of course, she's the Executive Director of the Bereavement Services. So Ronnie, nice to talk to you again. It's been a while. It has been a while. It's good yeah. to see you, Tracy. Nice Thank you for having you. us. Yeah, and then Heather Thompson is here and she is new to the program. So welcome to you. I know you're Thank a volunteer you. with all these services mm -hmm. and you're heading up the youth event. So yes. welcome to the program. Thank you so much. Yes, and now before we dive in, let me give a real quick rundown to everybody listening listening because I want to make sure that you know how to listen and if you have to leave us in this program how you get this program again so first of all radio it's 680 a.m. 107.5 FM Alexa power devices just say Alexa play WISR 680 website streaming it would be WISR 680.com you can listen live or after we're all done for the podcast you go programs let's talk and then look for Concordia all right, so let's do this. I know this is kind of a, a difficult conversation, Ronnie. I'm going to start with you because you've been dealing with bereavement issues for quite some time. I'm going to ask you about you and your staff, even though I know we want to focus on the community members today. But how do you, how do you all hold up in this kind of environment? Because it's a pretty serious topic. It is a serious topic, and that's a good question, Tracy. Thanks for asking. Um, I have to say that the um, main way that uh, our team stays together and um, you know continues to be strong and vibrant to help serve others is the Christian environment that we work in. Good Samaritan Hospice is also a part of Concordia Lutheran Ministries. And because of that, we have um, easy access to spiritual care, to chaplain services, um, to pastors and deacon and deaconesses on, on our campus who actually not only serve the patients and families that we serve, but serve our staff as well. So I think because we have that um, Christian community and Christian environment, it makes our jobs um, at less stressful, I guess, because we have that outlet and we have that support. Um, also, our team works very well together. So um, we're very in tune to, you know, say there's um, one particular team um, who has experienced a, a lot of loss or maybe experienced a loss of a younger patient with young children. Um, we all know what that means to a clinician or to team members, so we all know to rally with that team and help them as we see fit. So you are a perfect person to ask this question to, and I've been wondering this. I've tried to dabble in this in conversation as we've gone through the past couple of years where we are right now. But grief is already intense as it is. And then you add the past couple of years, and I know everybody wants to say, okay, we're 
back to normal. I dare say that because no one really officially said we're out of COVID. So, you know, are we on the downside? Are we going to go back up? You know, nobody knows that kind of stuff. So how do you deal with bereavement now? Has You mentioned to me before we started, it's changed. And I thought that's an interesting way to view bereavement because isn't bereavement bereavement. So right. talk about what you see as sure. the change in how people are bereaving now or sure. grieving now, I should yeah. say. Well, yes. I mean, I, I think what we, you know, what we've seen, first of all, is not your typical um, grieving experience. In other words, um, you know, at the beginning of COVID, people maybe were experiencing a loss of loved one and maybe they weren't able to be present, right? They weren't at the bedside. Um, typically, um, we were seeing funeral services or um uh, memorial services that weren't um, historically what a family would do. They had to be changed because of COVID. So I think people, first of all, weren't experiencing the actual death of a loved one the same, but also the post-death of a loved one was also a different experience. They were having to maybe um, do it for a day or a couple hours instead of, you know, having family in for a week. And so um, what that really, the residual effects of that would be when we would come in and we would call families, as we do after a death of a loved one, typically those conversations were maybe, you know, 20 minutes, a half an hour. Now we're talking an hour, an hour and a half because this maybe spouse who lost their, their loved one of, you know, 68 years, was alone, didn't have family in the area, didn't, wasn't at the bedside of their loved one. And so that grieving experience was much different for that person. So our services, we learned very quickly, change. Um, so we had to do something different. So in addition to the phone calls, in addition to offering um, the grief support groups, we went to some virtual events as well, because people just wanted to talk to somebody so it it has changed and I want to ask you about the virtual sessions in a moment but I want to equate if you don't mind and correct me if I'm wrong like the grieving process to a book if you will because it feels like pre-COVID there was that routine or that typical funeral of however someone saw that and it brought closure and they still may have had to go through a grieving process, but there was kind of that closure and then they continued the grieving. It just feels like those chapters in someone's book mm -hmm. is missing, right? you know, and it feels like we never got to the end of the book to even start the healing process. Right, exactly. And, and you know, so much again has changed. And so people, people typically, as, again, as a residual effect, they don't know what the next step should be. And so they're looking for guidance. And that's why workshops, grief support groups, um, any type of um, educational materials that we can provide people, all those are important. And everybody finds a different way that suits their needs, right? Some people might just say, I'll, I would like you to send me a book or somebody will say, you know what, I would like to meet with you in person. So we do have 
bereavement counselors that may go and meet with somebody one-on-one because maybe that's that's what they need to close that chapter to have that conversation and talk about that personal experience some people need to be referred to services other than what we can provide so there's multiple outlets out there it's just the idea of people identifying what they need um, having somebody help them through that path and finding their way to get there. Are there a lot of people who may not realize that they need these services because they feel, well, the death happened if it's related to COVID? Maybe it happened two years ago at mm-hmm. this point. If it wasn't related to COVID, it could happen five years ago. I mean, it could mm-hmm. happen 10 years ago, but mm-hmm. they never went through the grieving process. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm wondering, and I'm not looking for an answer of exact numbers. I'm just saying, I wonder how many people are out there thinking, well, I'm good, I'm fine, that was then, but they're still living the grief because they haven't gone through a grieving process. Oh, we talk about that all the time. I mean, you know, it, it, there are times that you can prepare for grief to come, right? You can prepare for Mother's Day, you can prepare for Christmas, you know that those days are gonna be sad. You know that you're going to maybe have a little bit of difficulty, but you can't prepare for the day that you're driving down the road and a song comes on and you have to pull over the side of the road, right? Mm-hmm. And those are the things that, those are the, the tools that we try to help people um, understand and try to get them to talk about and prepare themselves for it as a normal part of the grieving process. So you're absolutely right. And that can happen five years later. You're, you're, what you're saying, Tracy, is spot on. Um, and, and unfortunately, none of us get out of it. How do you help those folks who are dealing with a grieving process from COVID with the added negativity that surrounded, the controversy that surrounded that one issue? I think when we think of a car accident, it's, I don't wanna say cut and dry not to be disrespectful, but a car accident is a car accident. Mm-hmm. A heart mm-hmm. attack is a heart attack. You know, you kind of picture what that's, that mm-hmm. book is supposed to be. Mm-hmm. None of us expected COVID, none of us lived through COVID before or a pandemic. So with that added stress and controversy, if somebody passed away during that time and a loved one is trying to just mentally get through that process or process out mm-hmm. what happened, how do you help them through that? Because like well, when you said, when you, when you hear a song, yeah. that can be sentimental. When yeah. you think of this loved one's death, does it add some stressors onto a loved one that's surviving? Well, I. I it, it does, but I feel like, you know, again, I, I take a lot of, um, I take a lot of appreciation for the fact that, you know, um, we, Concordia Lutheran Ministries and Good Samaritan Hospice, we have been very adamant about continuing the mission, right? So for instance, in the, um, in the month of May, we had our memorial services, and we had two different memorial services um, for location purposes. And just the idea to have people again in person, right? And to feel that um, emotion and to be able to support one another. I think that's the other thing too, is that we feel during COVID, some of us maybe felt so alone, right? Because we weren't together, but to be able to continue to do those um, important things, butterfly releases, memorial services, and be around others that you see have um, experienced the same thing. I think it gives you a sense of, I'm not alone. 
Um, there are people here to support me. And I hear, and, 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 you know, just to be in that church and hear those hymns and see those people um, coming together was just, it, it's events like that and it's things like that that I think we need today. We yeah. need to get back to those, to doing those. Connecting. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Connecting. To doing those important events. Heather, I want to bring you into the conversation, if you don't mind, because let's turn to the younger crowd, if you will, because you are leading the event for the youth bereavement. Mm -hmm. Give us, first of all, the details of the when, where, why, and how, and then I'll sure. ask you a few other questions. This event is going to be held on June the 25th from 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. at our Middlesex office, Good Samaritan Hospice's office. Um, in the location is 116 Brown Hills Road. It's outdoors. So we are gonna be outside. Um, the title of the event is called The Magical Strings That Tie Us Together, and it's based on the book, The Invisible String. Um, there's gonna be activities, there's gonna be crafts, there's gonna be breakout sessions for the adults, there's going to have lunch for them, and it's free. So talk about the importance of having this kind of event, because we keep saying this is youth bereavement mm -hmm. now. So one, why is it important to have the event? Then I wanna ask you about how kids grieve. Sure, it's important because children grieve differently and a lot of times they don't get understood and people don't understand what they're going through and they feel alone. They feel like I'm the only one that's eight years old and my daddy died, everybody else has a daddy. So these events for these kids bring them together and they see there's another eight-year-old little boy and his daddy died too or there's another little girl and her grandma died so they learn that they're never alone they are never alone there's always somebody else that has lost a significant person in their life just like they have so what are the reactions that can come from a young person and i ask that knowing a young person could be two a young person could be 15 and we're still talking about youth so Correct. how would you answer that when i ask how do how do they react it is all so very different um from littles to tweens to teens um littles may not sleep little people may need um to sleep with the t-shirt of their loved loved one tweens might just be angry because they're trying to process everything and they don't understand and they're not little anymore so they don't know do i want to sleep with that teddy bear but they're not big enough to really understand what's going on. Teens, they're the same way. They, they may act out or they may become introverted. Um, it's just, they, they all grieve so very differently. So as a parent, if you're suspecting that this is tied to the death of a loved one, the reactions that you're seeing in the home, how do you get a, a young person to talk? Again, it's gonna be a different answer, I assume, if they're two and three mm -hmm. than if they're 15 and 16. So again, I'll let you have the floor on that question as well. Well, you may not get them to talk. Um, I have a 16-year-old who lost her dad, and she still isn't processing it right now. Um, but I have an 8-year-old that lost the same dad, and he, every once in a while, will just be staring and looking. And, and you let them talk. You let them talk when they want to talk, when they're ready to talk. You let them know that you're there, and you're going to listen, and you're going to support them. So you can try to get them to talk to open up by saying, you know, what are you thinking about? Or, oh, hey, when dad did this, it made me feel this way. How about you? They may or they may not talk to you. So as parents, give us the instructions on how to listen. <laughs> That's a whole conversation. <laughs> I know in and of itself. One. Yes. But when it comes to this, I think it is very vital that I understand and I hear you when you say we need to listen. Mm -hmm. But I think as parents, and I've said this many times, I have two kids at home, right? Um, we want to be the fix-it people. Fix it. You know, we want to tell them, we want to show them what the future looks like or how this will feel better. And, 
And is that always the right thing to do? No. At first, I think it's important to know we can't fix it. We can't bring that significant person back into that child's life as a living human being. It's not going to happen. So just listen understand them let you know I understand where you're coming from I feel your pain um, don't try and fix it um, know that it's they're going to go through it and they're going to have moments that are really sad and they're going to have moments where they're out playing and you think they're not even thinking about it anymore yeah. um, really truly listen just let them talk and is it okay for a parent just to say thank you for sharing that 100 don't know what to say absolutely okay. absolutely because you don't want to say something that might trigger something else for them okay. it's okay to not know what to say and just say thank you for sharing so at this youth uh, bereavement mm-hmm. event i would think it's just as important for the parents to come mm-hmm. obviously Absolutely. you know parents it's going to be a family be you yes. know mm-hmm. event if you will um what will the kids be going through can you explain the time that they're there is this sectioned off into certain uh I, well, as adults we call them breakout breakout sessions, sessions but, you know, yes yeah. <laughs> yes they actually do have breakout sessions so we are all together as a group at the very beginning um to get them to know that you're not alone, that children and adults, they grieve together and they all grieve. Then they have, we have breakout sessions with activities for the kids and then we have a breakout session for the parents. So the parents are gonna be doing their own thing with their counselor and bereavement counselor and we're gonna have the kids doing some activities um, and doing some things that will help them remember their person that died um, in Sometimes it could be a sad way, but it also is going to be a very happy, fun way for them to remember them as well. Um, and then the parents, they're going, to get, um, they're going to get a lot of information that's going to help them learn how to listen and learn how to deal with a child that is grieving um, and help them through it. How do we be a part of this? How, do we register? Do we just show up? What do you mm-hmm. need? You can call our 1-800 number. Um, it's 1-800-720-2557. And you're going to want to speak to Carrie at extension 4426. And she will get you all registered and signed up. Um, she's going to ask questions like the children's age, their shirt size, because we have special things for the kids, um, allergies, and just, you know, the basic kind of things. And she'll give then give you the arrangements again of where it is and when it is and when to show up and a little bit about what's going to happen. So just call Carrie and she'll get you everything you need. You know, I, I want to ask Frank a couple questions, but Ronnie, I want to go back to you for a moment because I was asking you about virtual appointments and I was wondering as you were talking, Heather was thinking of kids being on these virtual sessions, you know, um, is that successful for whether we're talking adults or kids? Um, it's good for short periods. <laughs> okay. Okay. I'll be honest. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's not an hour um, grief virtual event like it is for our adult groups. But for the kids, if you do little activities and kind of then take a break and then come back and go again for another 10, 15 okay. minutes. And Shorter periods. Yeah, yeah, it works okay. When we're talking about adults, have you found that virtual appointments can be good for some good for all in person good like what, what do you see we see a mix and I would say that there are people who um, probably typically would not join a group in person and talk but will on a zoom call on a virtual call so um, we've seen some people open up in those sessions that you know maybe wouldn't if they were in person or vice versa you see people that you know, um, just kind of sit and listen. And that's okay, too. They're still getting something out of it. So yeah. I would, you know, rather have them have something than not yeah. participate at all. Absolutely. So, yeah. Frank Script is here. Of course, this is our day with Concordia Lutheran Ministries. So, folks, if you're just joining us in this conversation, we're focusing on their bereavement services and, of course, the youth bereavement event. Give us, give, give us that date again, Heather. June 25th. June 25th. So if you want to go ahead and 
be a part of this RSVP get to mm -hmm. them so they know how much material to have and give us the number again since I'm talking to you Heather sure. <laughs> I'm looking straight at you it's 1-800-720-2557 and extension 4426 or ask for Carrie fantastic and Frank I want to bring you into the conversation just your reaction of the the great partnership that you've had with Good Samaritan um, and and their services especially when it comes to bereavement yeah um, I mean it's phenomenal I, I, it's it's hard to even put into words. Um, I've worked at Concordia, as we've talked about for a long time, and e even much earlier in my career, um, I always, at first, Ronnie, I f <laughs> at first, I was so um, intimidated to work with Good Samaritan Hospice, uh, Good Samaritan Hospice, because you know, in public relations, we're telling the stories, and uh, someone put it to me in a way that said, uh, a lot of the families. Um, especially if they've had a prolonged illness while they've been on, under a Good Samaritan hospice care, they've been talking about their loved one's illness. They've been talking about their maybe their death for so long now. So often because of uh, the great people at Good Samaritan hospice, this is the first chance they've had to really talk about their loved one's life and not just their death. And, and when I started putting that into perspective, it even gives me goosebumps right now just talking about it because um, I was someone who lost a, uh, a loved one whenever I was a child, and seeing the youth bereavement care specifically, um, you know, my family had ways to help um, uh, through professionals also, but um, I just don't remember there being um, programs like this when I was younger, so it really does hold a, a near and dear place in my heart personally, but um, yeah, it's just such a phenomenal group of people. Yeah, I think... We've all been there to lose someone, but not all of us have lost somebody when we were that young, mm -hmm. you know? And mm -hmm. so to have that, um, and, and no matter where you are on that spectrum, um, if you are an individual in your shoes, Frank, you know, I can see why it's near and dear yeah. for people that have not had that experience. I don't know if they know how to handle it, you know? So mm -hmm. it's again, good both ways, Heather, for them to be able Absolutely. to join this particular event. Yeah. And we've had um, other events like this one that we're having on June 25th. And I have to say that these events are not only great for the kids because they do get to connect with other kids that have have the same experience, but the parents or the caregivers who bring the child to the event, um, it's almost like they get a break from it. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Because we take that part away for the day and we help that child or we tend to that child and they can focus on getting themselves information and resources. They're not focused on the child that day. And it's almost like you just kind of see them have a little bit of relief, if that makes yeah. sense. Mm -hmm. I think it does. And also, I don't know if this is relatable or not, but I always thought when my kids were growing up, it's good for other people to tell my kids the same thing I was telling them. Right. You know, so I mean, it's, they don't the think it's just mom. It's right. like, no, actually, this is how you, you know, right. sit down in church or something. You know, I don't know what it is. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, and so I, I don't know if that's relatable, but it's also yeah. someone else saying this is another avenue. Heather, you're shaking your head as well. Your reaction. Absolutely. Well, the kids need it. Um, and I think the kids, the parents seeing the kids, makes them feel good as well they know my kid is being taken care of and it's not just by me yeah and it's not only that but it's by concordia and mm -hmm. frank and i've talked to you know yeah. many times i know ronnie you and i have as well but i mean concordia does such a, jo a great job with caring for people oh yeah well and and we talk a lot about our mission statement which of course is vitally important we don't talk quite as much about our, our vision statement at concordia um, our vision statement is serving the triune god 
by providing for the needs of his people. And when I look at how Good Samaritan Hospice aligns with that, um, I mean, serving the needs of God's people, of course, is a, a pretty broad statement, but I can't think of a more impactful uh, I hate ministry. I was going to use mm-hmm. the word service, but ministry that Concordia provides that speaks directly to that vision than, than our hospice. Yeah. Heather, do you need anything from the community, volunteers, uh, people to be a part of this for, for your day? We definitely need volunteers. That would be wonderful if people wanted to come and join us and volunteer. Um, if th- We will to be happy to take any kind of donations for the kids. Um, we're having some a big little barbecue for them, and um, we have little giveaways that we're giving to them. We're having an ice cream um, thing after at the end of the event. So if there is someone out in the community that would like to help us, again, call Carrie. She'd be happy to let you know what we need and how you can help support the event. And I will lay out the rules for the ice cream volunteers. There is no <laughs> one for you and one for me. One for you and one for no. Unless, unless Tracy is volunteering. <laughs> <laughs> I'll put this one aside. I'll put that one aside. But so, and how do they contact for volunteering? They would call the same 800 number. Um, and again, it's 1 800 720 2557 and ask to speak with Carrie and she will help them with whatever they need. Yeah. And again, you know, we always talk about volunteers. Frank, I'm going to go back to you for a moment because I, aside from this event and since we just talked about the volunteers, how is Concordia doing with volunteers right now? Do you still need anything? Yeah, actually, we're, we're doing a whole lot better now um now that we're i don't know whatever point in covid wherever we're at we right are now, right, yeah, yeah. We're in a much better place to accept more volunteers um good samaritan hospice I, I think is the greatest need but um yeah we always have needs um at concordia whether it's helping with activities helping literally wheel a person from one activity back to their room you know there, there's all sorts of act of volunteer opportunities at concordia best thing to do we don't necessarily have one central volunteer coordinator uh, for all of concordia so the best thing to do is if you know you want to volunteer with good samaritan hospice call them if you know that you want to volunteer at our cabot campus call them the orchard campus by, by the clearview mall call them so yeah. it, it's really simple it's not a uh, there's some regulations and requirements with hospice but it's a very simple process and since i'm looking at the clock i know we only have about three minutes left with you but uh one last question for you since we're kind of talking about this i know we can't go into details about all the events that you're having coming yeah. up but if there's anybody that wants to be a part of them uh, sponsor something a business that wants to come on yeah. board no is, thank you yeah. yes well, we, we actually have a second uh, fundraising event, actually, that's going to be held in September. That's a Power of the Purse event. So it's like a purse party. Um, it's going to be held Friday, September 23rd at the mansion in Butler. You can get more details on the events page of our website, concordialm.org. But really, the one thing we wanted to ask today, since we're a few months out, is if there's any local businesses, if there's anyone who wants to support this event through a sponsorship or a donation, um, please reach out to us. I, I hate to muddy the waters a little bit, but we, we have a couple different fundraising opportunities. And you can call our director of development, our foundation office, at 724-352-1571, extension 8363. Again, more details are on the website. Just click on events when you hit concordialm.org. Fantastic. Frank, always nice to see you. Thank you very much thank for you, being Tracy. here. Heather, thank you so much. And, and my best to you as you go through thank this you. next event. I know you've had others in the past. Yeah. So, yeah, so this will be the next one. Um, since you've memorized the phone number one more time <laughs> with all the information, go ahead. It's 1-800-720-2557.
Thank you so much for being here, Heather. Thank you. And Ronnie, I want to end with you again. We have a couple minutes left, but just kind of your final thoughts on the importance of if somebody feels that they need to reach out or they're hearing us today and they're like, hmm, maybe that is me. Mm-hmm. Maybe I should think about reaching out. Mm-hmm. Just your thoughts on that. Just call the office, the number that, that Heather gave, and just ask for bereavement or family support services and talk to somebody and we'll guide you. We'll, we'll help you. Um, down that path of what you may need and and again you know maybe it's just somebody coming and meeting with you and having a conversation meeting at Panera and having a cup of coffee and talking about what you're struggling with or maybe it is somebody that you know that you know we could um, recommend a uh, support group in person to attend so whatever it may be I think that's the one thing is that having that conversation and you know determining what would be best maybe it's a um, phone call from one of our spiritual coordinators you know just to have um a conversation and and you know how do i how do i get back to church what do i you know what do i need to do to prepare myself there's all kinds of questions out there and it's just really um allowing yourself the opportunity to make the phone call and have the conversation and and let us help you because that's our specialty that's giving what we yourself do. permission to call right you know i don't Absolutely. think we give ourselves permission and mm-hmm. i can't say enough that it is okay if you call concordia and you say i need help but i just don't know what yeah absolutely. you know i mean how many I, yeah. i'm sure you've heard that many times i said that once in my life i went to somebody and said i need i don't know yeah what and then we went from there so right. it's so important to be able to say I need help I just don't know what it is so yeah that's one of that's one of the things that we do is that when somebody calls or asks for something we we figure it out yeah we figure it out mm-hmm. you do it together thank you so much Ronnie always mm-hmm. nice to talk to you folks if you would like to listen to this program in its entirety once again maybe you joined us late or you just joined us and want to hear it again what you can do is go to our website I'm going to point you to wisr680.com and you're going to pick programs in the menu bar drop that down to let's talk and then look for Concordia all right thanks so much I'm Tracy Morgan with Let's Talk. The information and opinions shared on this program are solely those of our guests and do not necessarily represent those of WISR, the Butler County Radio Network, or its staff and employees.